This is Ion Health, delving into your overall well-being. With Arab Health on Dubai Eye 103.8. Hi, Helen Farmer with you and you're listening to Eye on Health as we explore the current and future state of wellness and health in the UAE and beyond with Arab Health. Our final guest is Dr. Nassal Jafari, the medical director of the DNA Wellness Clinic. He's been a doctor for many years until he realised just how conventional medicines weren't treating the actual cause of an illness. So he now incorporates alternative therapies as part of his practice. Health and wellness has been your passion for your career. Tell us how you transitioned from being a somewhat traditional, conventional to having this real interest in alternative therapies and some really forward-thinking modern technologies even. Yeah, so I I think in the first 10 years of my career, I I estimated I saw probably about 100,000 patients and I thought I kind of knew it all. (laughs) And then it was really in the next 10 years that I realised actually there was a lot and, and probably didn't know most of what I needed to know about actually keeping people healthy. And a lot of that was due to the fact that I was obviously nurtured in a traditional health system, which was based on treating the sick and was designed, you know, in the early last century where most people suffered with infections. Whereas now, if you look at conditions that people are suffering with obesity, diabetes, cardiovascular, you can add dementia to it. These are completely different conditions to what the health system was designed to deal with, but the approach hasn't changed. And what's interesting, we call these, conditions chronic diseases so we're led to believe that they're lifelong and they are when you just give a pill to try and treat the symptoms you know a pill to treat the cholesterol lower the sugars reduce your calories but the underlying drivers of the disease are still there and you know because our patients weren't being educated about diets and lifestyle a because we didn't have the time or b even worse we didn't know what to tell them uh, they were coming back, you know, and we were putting them on more and more medication. And I just found that the lo- far more logical approach was to ask the question, what's actually causing the disease? Mm-hmm. So with diabetes, not just treating the sugar, actually working out, well, it's an insulin issue. What drives insulin? It's refined carbohydrates and eat it too often. Cardiovascular disease is caused by high inflammation. Well, that's the wrong diet, smoking, lack of exercise. What causes weight gain? Well, it's a hormonal imbalance, not a calorific issue. And that often is driven by, we're seeing a lot of people now who are highly stressed or their sleep is disrupted. So it's just, it was just a far more logical way of treating my clients. And lo and behold, they actually started getting better. It sounds like a much more interesting way of working as a doctor as well. Uh, completely. I mean, it's just, it's far less robotic and actually uh, challenging, but in a, in a far more uh, exciting way, because you actually realize that a lot of therapies are tailored to the individual the, the the principles are the same that you apply to people but no two people are the same and i think you know the problem with what i do a lot of clients even colleagues or people i train will say to me well there's no evidence in what you're doing well you know evidence is really more a search for consensus rather than the truth and when that consensus is skewed by various powers then you're not often going to get uh, the truth and the reality of the situation is that medicine is complicated. Evidence-based medicine is great when you have a simple problem like an infection, you give a pill, it's a binary outcome, and it's a very quick outcome. There's so many different variables and factors that come into play when you, you, you're treating people when it, uh, you know, properly. Tell us a little bit about what's on the treatment menu at DNA then. What's, what are people loving at the moment? 
Well, so you know, the interesting thing is it's the actual treatment side of it isn't particularly high tech. Uh, the cornerstones are always going to be trying to help uh, bring back balance to people's lifestyles. Now, uh, yes, we're doing a lot of nutritional uh, IVs have always been um, popular. Uh, we're, we're bringing in very soon uh, intravenous actual light therapy. So we, we know that different spectrums of light have beneficial effects on our mitochondria, uh, our, our blood cells, our immunity, uh, muscle healing, uh, for example. Um, and then actually we are very soon going into stem cells. Uh, there was a lot of interest in stem cells recently because of COVID. And, um, you know, it has far wider applications in terms of, um, you know, anti-aging, longevity and, and, and healing disease. Ooh, you're also really into measuring your own data. What are you currently measuring on your fitness and your health front right now? I don't mean like in this moment, but in life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that, that's where the, that's the interesting side. So that's the techie side. So we've actually got the technology now uh, where we can tell you what your biological age is. So actually how quickly you are aging relative to the numbers on your uh, the, the candles on your cake uh, to, to the extent and this hasn't been released yet although we have the technology we can actually tell you when you're going to die um various ethical uh, issues around that but 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 that's how cool the testing has become and in terms of my own sort of personal tracking i just regularly look at a variety of different parameters from you know glucose insulin levels levels of inflammation in my body um, you know, if I'm trying a new supplement, I want to see, you know, whether it actually has worked well and absorbed and led to a reduction in inflammation. So more on that side, occasionally I will, and I know I mentioned this before, look, look at sort of continuous glucose tracking. I'll look at, you know, sleep monitoring. Recovery is a big one. So a lot more of my clients now uh, are wearing these, these trackers and people are realizing that, you know, the lack of recovery or having a low readiness score, they often quote, um, actually is disrupting their, their improvements in maybe their training or their performance or even ultimately in the long term, their longevity. Um, I, I love the fact that you're so curious about your own health and obviously this empowers you to ask questions and ask patients to, because you, you, know, you can't improve what you can't measure, really. You, know, you need to be able to understand that. Do you know when you're going to die? Uh, no, I, I have, they haven't actually given me that data yet, although they have stored my samples. So at some point, I think when they get the ethical approvals, they would be able to. Um, but I do know that I am aging at 0.8 years per year that I'm actually aging. So, yeah, it'd be... If I was aging slower, then I need to get another job, really, don't I? <laughs> Our very own Benjamin Button in here in Dubai. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm interested why people would want to know that, want to find that out. Do you feel like that attracts a certain type of patient who would then take, you know, preemptive and positive action? Or is it something that you just kind of sit on and go, oh, well, that's my fate? I, I think the former. So, I mean, if you think about it, what, what is the ultimate endpoint? I mean, you know, when we're, we're doing all this health screening, all, all people are taking these supplements and changing their lifestyle, they're ultimately trying to uh, extend their lifespan and live healthier within that lifespan. Yeah, live longer, but also um, live healthier and better. There's no point in being 120, yeah. but, you know, absolutely miserable. And... Exactly. And, and I think the, you know, the biological age testing is probably your, your best way of determining that outcome. And as you say, there's no point really in doing an intervention if you can't measure where you were before as a baseline and after. Um, 
Dr. Jafari, what impact do you think COVID-19 has on people's interest in alternative therapies? Uh, huge. Um, and actually, I, I just want to kind of, on that point of sort of labeling it alternative, um, you know, a lot of these practices have kind of grounded in ancient wisdom. I think the alternative gives it this sort of connotation that it's a, a kind of backup or it's not as potent or it's, it's like a secondary adjunct. Um, but, but on that point, um, huge, I think COVID has shifted forward people's health-seeking behavior when it comes to prevention, at least 10, 20 years. I mean, we've been beating the drum in my career for 20 years, and it's only really in the last couple of years that it's caught on with the masses. I think probably what you found that's been very individual with COVID is that there's two groups of people, the people who suffer with chronic disease who have never probably felt as imprisoned or, or limited by their chronic disease that they had with, with COVID. And then the second sort of part of the population who have suddenly felt vulnerable, they, they may not have a diagnosis, but uh, you know they potentially could become sick at, at any moment. So it's had a huge impact and people are now coming in, in their droves to, to really get more, you use the term analytical about their health. If you could wave a magic wand and have everyone listening today do something, try something, take something, for the betterment of their health, their longevity, what would that be? I think um, re- return. I think return some balance into to people's lives. I think, uh, sh- and with that, shifting the priority. So I, I suppose this is in line with what's happened naturally with people's attitudes in COVID and, and how I answered the last question. I think people are prioritizing health a lot more, and along with that is. You know, people will debate all day to death about what the best diet is, but ultimately just, you know, eat as close to nature as possible, eat a balanced diet, uh, you know, have balance in your movement, don't overtrain because often people will burn the candle at both ends. I think I see that as much as I see people who are inactive. Um, um, Work on stress, resilience, and that's not sitting there and just meditating and breathing. It's it's nurturing your relationships and your family and your community, which I think people have started again to put more value on because they've been so isolated physically. Um, and and don't voluntarily decimate your your sleep. There's no mental or physical cause of premature death that isn't related to poor sleep. I'll take that. If you're prescribing sleep, that's my kind of doctor. Uh, thank you so much for your time today, Dr. Naz Al-Jafari. Great to have you with us. Join us next week on Iron Health, brought to you by Arab Health, where we'll be talking about women's health and how much of it is still not fully understood or addressed. Have a wonderful day ahead. Ion Health on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Arab Health, uniting the healthcare community through business and education.